0: Welcome to Safe Inside, brought to you by Farrah Tribe. I'm Jeremy Loomis, and these are my conversations with Sandra Fields, an LPC and certified clinical trauma treatment provider with over 35 years' experience helping people who have been through trauma. Back to the tribe podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Sandy. Uh, last time we talked to some about what is trauma. We're going to get into some common symptoms that accompany trauma today.
1: Yeah. So we want to talk about really maybe looking at the big sort of categories of, tra- of symptoms that happen to us, and then maybe we can talk about some specific symptoms as we go along. I also want to talk about some symptoms that are specific to all traumas. And then maybe we might be able to talk about maybe a handful of symptoms around people that have experienced complex trauma, which is mm. a, a different type of trauma. Um, it, so we we might talk about that as we go along okay. too, if that's okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, let's I us get started. Yeah, let's get started. <laughs> so it's hard to be really really excited about trauma. Because, <laughs>
0: let's, <you> know, <laughs> let's get excited. About right. Trauma. Yeah. That
1: that uh, doesn't feel really all that great. Right. Ooh, trauma. Yay. But.
0: But, but maybe get excited about working your way through and coming out the other side of it.
1: Yes, that's what we can get behind. I yeah, so, Like
0: if you've ever been through a significant car accident, you realize, oh, we can actually work through this scar tissue and start feeling some mobility again. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's something to be excited about. So it stick is. around.
1: Yes, so it's it's not fun to hear what the physical therapist is going to do to yeah, you. but
0: Or how many weeks it'll take.
1: Or how take many weeks, sometimes. but it is good to work through it. So yeah, so, yeah, so when trauma happens, and if you... Remember from our last episode we talked about trauma is just what we perceive to be trauma. That's what causes the the symptoms both in our bodies well actually our bodies brains and our emotions. Mm. It almost uh,
0: as if the many are integrated
1: almost one, almost one would think that we are integrated yeah yeah so
0: that's like just as a brief aside it's kind of funny to me that this is even still a thing people talk about mind body connection as if they're ever separate i right, mean right like you're not like a balloon above a body
1: yes yes yeah and yet when we think about our brain it feels it's in the top of my head right so of course it's separate from my body right
0: like the cartridge you press into the video game console yes yes
1: (laughs) pretty much that's what it is so yeah no it is definitely integrated and whole even though we may not perceive it to be so Mm. Uh, and so when trauma happens it actually does impact the whole bit and not just one piece of the bit (laughs) it impacts the whole body the Mm. whole brain the whole emotions the whole person is really how I see it. it. It impacts the whole person.
0: Is that to say the mind and the body all has a memory?
1: Yes, it definitely does say that. And actually there's one of the best books out there by Bessel van der Kolk, Dr. van der Kolk, quote, the body keeps the score mm. because our bodies do remember our emotions remember too. Um, and it's kind of funny that they have memories, but, but they act as if, they have memories. I'm mm. not, you know, anthropomorphizing. Of course, our our emotions, and yet our emotions do remember um, mm. as well as our body. So our bodies actually hold. We're going to talk about that in future episodes about the effect, the physical effect of trauma on our bodies, mm. um, and how long it goes. Um, it can actually go to the end of life. Um, so we we want to talk about that in a future episode about the physical changes. but mm,
0: Yeah, um, I guess we have to build our way there.
1: We will have to build our way there. Um, and maybe sometime we'll talk about epigenic, epigenetics oh, I'd love too. to talk about epigenetics. Yes, yes, i love to talk about that
0: too. That could probably be a series.
1: Uh, probably. But anyway, back to common trauma symptoms. Knowing that we are integrated people, we are integrated as whole persons. When trauma happens, then it does impact us in some ways very negatively, or we show symptoms of trauma. It affects our thinking. For instance, we might have intrusive thoughts. We might have um, those thoughts that might be around, oh, goodness, I'm going to be in another accident. Oh, here comes another car. I'm going to be in another accident. The world is a very random place, Mm -hmm. and danger might happen. Those thoughts may come in out of nowhere. I'm doing my work, and all of a sudden, I think, oh, this is a dangerous place. Nothing has done that. It's an internal cognition. Um, it also does that. We might have nightmares. Our brain is continuing to process that trauma and experience that trauma, and that'll come out in nightmares um, as well. Another, another thing, as I'm thinking about nightmares, which are a, a sleeping flashback, but we might have thinking flashbacks. We might mm-hmm. see it happen. Um, we might feel it happen. Um, we'll talk about that more probably as we get into complex trauma but flashbacks, we have a thing in our society where we think flashbacks are this whole cognitive picture of what happened. Sometimes we can have just emotional flashbacks. We just have that same feeling, but we're not seeing anything. And that can be very confusing Hmm. for people that have experienced trauma, but it does happen.
0: I was going to say when, when that's happening, I mean, how often do you find that people don't even know to connect those dots to say this is going to this is happening because this happened.
1: Actually, a lot of the time, most of the time, I've worked with probably thousands at this point, at least over a thousand of people who have survived trauma of one way or another. And that is a connecting all of these dots. Are it, It's almost impossible for most people. They don't have the knowledge base and we can't expect them to. Um, and in our society, if you have mood swings or you're at work and you're having trouble concentrating then we ascribe that to a character flaw when really it is a a physical and emotional and mental response to trauma at times, right?
0: That's a, it's, when you zoom out and get some perspective, it, it becomes, I would say, increasingly strange how much we can get locked into a moment and judge ourselves based on the capacity we're experiencing in that moment with no regard for what led up to it or or what variables we might not be taking into account even within that moment
1: agreed yeah agreed and on top of that it's it's important to remember that when trauma happens until we work through it whenever we have these flashbacks these swings whenever we're we're so called triggered whenever we move into that Our body and our memory is as if that trauma is happening right now, always. Until you work through it, there is no time in trauma. We'll talk about in another episode about how it responds in our brains and our our brain and body connection and how trauma works that way biologically. But there's a biological reason as to why when we are triggered or we're showing symptoms, we are back in that moment of time, as if it were currently happening. Mm. And so if I'm sitting at work, and I lose my concentration, because my brain is back at this other moment in time, as if it's happening, well, of course, I've lost my communication, I mean, my concentration, of course, I'm having mood swings. Mm. You know, Um, of course, I may be having distorted thoughts. Um, Of course, I might actually start avoiding places that remind me of that I might avoid the place where it happened, I might avoid similar places, or people, if it were a trauma around uh, people, maybe I would avoid men with beards, for Mm. instance, right, depending on what happened. and So I might start avoiding it, and not realizing I'm avoiding, it's just would be like, I don't know why that guy just bothers me. But there's something in me, I just don't like him. I just don't like him. Yeah, Right. for no reason. It's just, I just don't like him. And it's, it's most likely an avoidance from that trauma mm-hmm. response.
0: And maybe we don't need to get uh, just yet into all the like terminology for what that yes. can look like. But yes. uh, maybe we could talk a bit about what is a trigger and what is not a trigger.
1: Yeah. So a trigger is is anything that can be external. That means it can happen outside of us or internal, but it can be it's something that causes us to remember a piece of the trauma. So it can be um doesn't have to be the whole trauma and when i say remember it can be that we remember it in our brain so cognitively mm. we remember it or it can be that our body remembers it or it could be that our emotions remember it and it can be anything it can be a thought that i have that can set that off it can be the way that someone walks across the room or a, a word or i see something i smell something smell is a big can be a big trigger um, if I think about junior high school, actually, anytime I smell Claracil, you know the acne medicine, mm. I literally am put back into junior high school. Tells you what I had around my nose the whole time during junior high school, right? That Claracil, and there's a reason for that. So our brains doesn't they does not filter anything from smell, mm. it filters all the other
0: senses. Um, One so, thing that is,
1: yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, <laughs> but not crazy, right? right? Crazy in the in the. <laughs> Maybe that.
0: <laughs> maybe yeah. that's a word to unlearn i'm not sure i know
1: I, it's crazy in the jargon sense as yeah. in wow isn't that cool kind of in some way but um yeah it's not crazy it's it's actually our bodies responding so a trigger is literally when we've been triggered to a trauma now i hear the word trigger used a lot now mm-hmm. and if someone just upsets you because you know you're mad at them that's not a trigger uh but trigger triggers can actually be pretty small mm-hmm. and they're not something to sneer at because they are they are challenging to manage in life if yeah. you're being triggered while you're trying to go through life, right?
0: Yeah, so it seems like the idea of being triggered is a thing that can still be confusing sometimes for people. like you know think about uh, it's a process to learn to ride a bike, you fall down. Mm-hmm. It's a process to learn to walk. You fall down, and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think most of us have vivid memories of each time we fell down while learning to do those things. Uh-huh. So it can seem easy to kind of get it wrong as far as where to draw the line on what is considered triggered and what is not.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Triggering is anything that kind of bumps that trauma memory. It it that would be what a trigger is. So it's it's like I said, it can be anything at all, but it specifically bumps or runs into that trauma memory and reactivates it mm. in us, in our memories, our bodies and or our emotions.
0: Mm. So and I wonder, um, I wonder if you would change the phrasing of this at all or if this sounds pretty faithful to what it is. Would you say that the the, the trauma trigger is touching. An experience either in your brain, the rest of your body, or both that is said something's happening again that experiences taught me I'm not prepared to handle.
1: Yes, that is exactly what I would say. Mm -hmm. That's a good way of saying it. The, The whole concept of trauma means that we are feeling very helpless and hopeless in the situation without the resources to be able to cope and deal with it. That is. That is the definition of trauma Mm. to some degree. And that can happen again through our perception. If we perceive that we're helpless and hopeless and we don't have the resources to manage or to deal with the situation or an event, then we we become traumatized. Mm. So it is that. um, Our options may outside look larger than they look or look more plentiful outside of the situation to other people. But if we are perceiving that we have no options, then it, it causes trauma.
0: Oh, can we talk a little bit about what that what's happening there when you get that like tunnel vision?
1: Well, it it is because you've moved up into that fight flight. You've probably moved into closer to that dorsal vagal response, which we will talk mm-hmm. about later.
0: We'll get into all the yeah, biochemical we will. stuff. It'll be fun.
1: But you you kind of freeze, and you no longer even with fight or flight. The thought behind that is I can do something. Right? I can run away, I can fight. But when you move into that freeze area, when your your dorsal vagal, the back part of this nerve, kind of your vagus nerve kind of activates, you begin to think, I can't. You move from I can to I can't. Um, and so we know that people who have been traumatized, the number one thing that we know as therapists that we need to make sure that we offer is actually agency. Because trauma implies that there's a lack of choice.
0: And there's... maybe we ought to define agency because I'm not sure that that's in the common vocabulary of everybody listening.
1: Yeah, agency is is basically the ability and the the right, I guess, of being able to have personal choices to what happens to you and or your body, right? So that's agency. It's, it's literally personal choice to direct your your life in a way that, that is right for you. Um, it's the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm. It's right to make your own choices. It's the right to say yes or no to things. It's the right to, to say, I want to stay safe in my car. It's the right to say, I want to only have consensual sex. Mm. It's it's the right to say all of those things and then being able to, to say that effectively. And that's what happens. I say, mm. no, I don't want this. And that does not happen, right? Yeah. But trauma by definition takes away our agency, it takes away any choice that we have in the in the event. We do know that people who have have experienced trauma where they froze and they weren't, there probably were things that they could have done, but they couldn't see it in the moment. They could have run away, they could have hit. Um, we see that sometimes in sexual assault victims that may or may not have fought back, but those who fight back actually have. An easier prognosis, a faster mm-hmm. prognosis. Uh, they they heal faster than those who were unable to fight back because um, there's a lot of shame around that. But in either in either regard, their agency was was stripped from them, and so it didn't matter whether they fought back or not. Their agency was stripped from them.
0: Right. You can make for Complicated memories, though
1: it really can do that, and it doesn't help that society also doesn't see, doesn't understand the response in the body in the middle of trauma, right?
0: Which I mean makes it even, it, it makes it even more important for us to learn to function on, on, uh, on a level of recognizing that we're more than just this just recognizable surface level life form. <laughs> it's like there's there's so much more. To who and what we are, that uh, and, and you have to like you actually have to recognize that in order to even function in it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I think we've had a very two dimensional view of humanity um, for a long time, and this this discussion around trauma can also be um, you know taken to other areas of life and and played out there because we aren't two-dimensional, we're not even three-dimensional. We're probably like, well, I could come up for a case for five-dimensional, but we're probably even more than that, right? We, we really don't know how many, but we are certainly not two-dimensional. And so recognizing that, that we are much more complex than, than previously thought, I mean, this is not new knowledge, but trauma work is actually fairly new. Within psychology and within biology, I occasionally do trainings for medical residents at teaching hospitals around the impact of trauma on people's biology Mm. and what that may look like in a doctor setting, in a hospital setting, how they can recognize it, and then how they can also practice in a trauma informed way because we're much more complex, right? So the symptoms are I might be showing up with a headache um, and severe headache time after time. And the doctor's trying to figure out what's going on with that, but it may actually be a trauma symptom, a trauma Mm. response,
0: which makes it hard to die harder to diagnose for
1: and treat and treat because until you actually fix the problem, you can malleate the symptom, but you can't really treat. It's going to continue to, to, I'm going to continue to have my headache. Right, and who wants to live a life with a headache? Yeah. You know, so,
0: and this is also as a another brief aside. This is also why you're going to hear whether you come to Theratribe or go to a different place for counseling. At some point, you're probably going to hear your counselor say something to the effect of, "I studied counseling, but you're the expert on your life." Mm-hmm. And so, part of the process is learning is helping you learn to tap into all right, what's really going on inside of me, because that's it's it's not all about learning or, or or memorizing the right way to do a thing. It's like working with the operating system that you actually have to work with.
1: Yeah, I call it system maintenance mm. with my clients, right? Because they are they're the only ones that can actually see what's inside of them. You know, so the the trauma symptoms and the trauma responses are so variable. You know. Um, many times when we're working through trauma, I will ask the client, you know, if they don't know how what's going on in your emotions, I will just say, "Tell me what you feel in your body." And we'll start with that. a lot of times that's even easier than identifying what emotions they're feeling around that trauma, right mm. or in a flashback or when they've been triggered, right because our our trauma symptoms are very, like I said, they hit every every area of our lives. we We may have trouble either falling asleep or staying asleep. We may have restless sleep. We may sleep too much. Maybe we sleep all the time and and it's a way of being in denial and and not looking at things. Um, Our eating might change, for instance. And we might not put that together. Like you said, we may not connect the dots with our trauma. It's like, why am I eating more? Why am I eating less? Why am Mm -hmm. I no longer eating this? And I only want that. You know, it, it, it may very well be related to the trauma. In some kind of sometimes very imaginative ways very creative ways is the way that we we kind of are we're so complex that sometimes we relate things together in our trauma responses without knowing that unconsciously of course mm. and
0: could could that could an example maybe be uh trying to fill a sense of emptiness by trying to fill yourself physically with food rather than recognizing an emotional emptiness
1: could very very well be um you know we we've we've talked most of us have heard about young girls who have been molested who then eat a lot of food. And even though they're like nine, 10, 11 years old, they gain a lot of weight. And we've learned that it might be because, you know, they are trying to become unattractive to their molester. Hmm. We, we've that's, that's one way that it happens. Now that nine-year-old girl doesn't know that that's what she's doing. She may also be comforting herself with food. Um, you know, it, it is a matter of choice. Other young girls, we know, around eating patterns might become anorexic. That's one area in which they can control. Mm. They're finding that agency. They're finding that control yeah. over what happens to them, They're emotionally or in their body, or, you know, it, it's it's around that kind of thing. For instance, right?
0: Yeah, it seems like the 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 thing we can at least kind of say is is. Uh, in a general sense just easy to see once you know what you're looking at is like just how important it is to have your own sense of choice and if agency has been taken away from you it may have been taken away in a way that is hard for you yourself to recognize because the way that it was taken away from you might have been what was normal in my family or whatever community you were part of and that's not always That doesn't always mean you need to uh, villainize whatever system you were a part of, but if it resulted in you just plain not having a choice, then that, that could be reaping a bad harvest some years down the road that leaves you with a lot to untangle.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think as we go further on into this series of podcasts, we we will most likely touch on the impact of developmental trauma mm-hmm. and how that changes and what it takes from you, right? It 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 does that, but those are part of the symptoms is you may not be able to understand how a healthy functional family looks or what a relationship looks like and how can you be a healthy, happy partner in a relationship, for instance. Um, that That's part of the symptom as well as the cost of, of trauma for many people.
0: You want to touch on any other common symptoms before we wrap this one up?
1: Um, I think I think that we have a lot. I think if you have experienced trauma and you have things that are happening that didn't happen before, um, or if you have long-term trauma, for instance, childhood trauma, the developmental trauma, if you figure out that a lot of the things that you do may seem a little different than your buddies, right? You might uh, might want to check in with your therapist and see, because it can be very, um, very challenging to kind of put it down. But remember that trauma is usually responses are either what we call hyper arousal or hyper, hyper something we're doing something a lot of. So it may be that we're we're hyper vigilant. we might sit and always, we have to have our back to the wall and we have to be able to watch the door. Um, our systems are aroused a lot. And so we may have a lot of, of uh, restlessness, anxiety, panic attacks, things like that, nightmares often like that. And then there are things that we might avoid. We might avoid our places, we might avoid thoughts, we might avoid feelings, we might avoid even conversations. Um, we just may not realize that that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, that's really kind of the categories of trauma symptoms. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Hope you learned something new. Um, if you're recognizing that any of this has applied in your own life, um, it, that's that's probably a step of progress, even if it feels a little overwhelming right now. It's part of why if we do what we do. We think it helps people to be able to have somebody walk them through this process. So. Um, yeah, you can always you can always reach out to Theratribe or or reach out to uh, someone local if you're more comfortable with that. But uh, yeah, if you're recognizing that you need help, there's nothing wrong with admitting it. And again, it's something to be excited about to come out on the other side of some of this stuff.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: Thanks for joining us. Please stay tuned for more.